Hello and welcome back to the School of Surgery. I'm Susan Clayton, a surgical trainee, and I'm going to be taking you through a left laparoscopic nephroeutrectomy. This patient presented with asymptomatic hematuria and imaging and biopsies showed a left-sided upper pole transitional cell carcinoma. The operation can be divided into seven steps and I'll take you through each of these steps in turn. The first of these is distal ureter dissection. For this, the patient is placed in the lithotomy position and the distal ureter is cannulated to allow it to be delineated. It's very important to ensure that you've got the correct ureter at this stage and so prior to this, the right ureter will have been identified. Once the ureter has been safely cannulated, diathermy is used to dissect away a cuff of bladder. Once we're happy with the dissection, a clip is placed on the distal ureter and this allows it to be both identified and to prevent seeding of any TCC cells down the ureter and into the bladder during the operation. You can see the clip is in situ here. The next stage is patient positioning. The patient is in the right lateral position and is secured in place with broad adhesive strips. The port sites then are identified. There is the largest port 8cm away from the costal margin, then a smaller 10mm port down in the left iliac fossa and a further smaller 5mm port up on the costal margin on the left hand side. The third step is medial mobilisation. Once you're inside the abdomen, it's very important to orientate yourself around. Having a look here, we've got the sigmoid colon, and then we're going up towards the descending colon, and up into the left upper quadrant where the spleen would be, but it's not visible here. We can then just see the transverse colon. So now we're showing you the insertion of the left upper quadrant port. This is always done under direct visualization this minimises the chance of injuring any bowel or structures inside the abdomen when you're placing the port. Once you've got your instruments inside the abdomen in a good view, you then need to begin the dissection. The idea is to bring the bowel from lateral to medial to expose the kidney and the tumour mass behind it. We're using here the harmonic to dissect away the ligaments that attach the bowel to the abdominal wall. The harmonic uses ultrasound to cut and coagulate at the same time to give precise dissection. Once you've dissected those ligaments away, you're then looking for the white line of tolt. Dissecting along this line where the bowel joins the abdominal wall should mean that you then get into a plane that's quite bloodless and should dissect fairly easily to dissect the bowel and bring it medially off the kidney and the tumour mass. Dissection is continued along this plane, both superiorly and inferiorly. We're dissecting now inferiorly along the border of the sigmoid colon. And you can see that there's minimal charring and minimal smoke using the harmonic.
we can see we've got into the correct plane here as a nice window has opened and we're just coming into view with the tumour mass. If there's some garotus fat left over the tumour, of which there isn't much here, you can often see that it's a slightly different colour to the fat along the bowel. Then we're dissecting the spleen away here. This is done extremely carefully. Any bleeding here might mean that the operation would need to be converted to open and obviously mean morbidity for the patient. Step four is to localise the gonadals. This is a male patient, so the gonadals will drain the testicles. You can see here that the bowel has been mobilised and is falling medially to the kidney, and we're at the lower pole of the kidney in the tumour mass. We're dissecting away some of the layers in order to be able to see the ureter. Sometimes you can use a psoas tendon for this. It's not visible, visible in this view. We can just see the ureter here in view, and we're going to point it out now. This will vermiculate if you um, touch it, and we'll see that later on in the podcast. It's important to remember that more proximally the gonadals will fall medial to this, and distally the gonadals will fall lateral to the ureter. So we want to take the whole of the ureter with us. And so we're placing two clips on it, both so that we can see it later, but more importantly to prevent seeding of any cells during the operation. Step 5 is hilum dissection. Once you've dissected the ureter more distally, you move more proximally and identify the hilum of the kidney. You want to take the renal artery first. If you didn't do this and you took the renal vein first, you'd find that the kidney would become congested and a field or a curtain of blood would come down, obscuring your view. Once the renal artery has been skeletalised, we then place clips before transecting the artery. In this patient, two plastic clips are placed along the renal artery and then a metal clip is placed which will stay with the specimen. The transection is performed so that two clips will be left in situ inside the patient after the operation. We then use a swab to identify and dissect around the renal vein. Any bleeding from the renal vein would be much more difficult to control than any bleeding from an artery. Once we're happy it's dissected circumferentially, an endostapler is used to transect the renal vein. You can see that's gone through there. Now I did say that if you didn't take the artery first, you'd get this curtain of blood coming down. In this patient, although it wasn't clear on imaging, we found that he had an aberrant renal artery. And you can see that a curtain of blood has come down is obscuring our view. The aberrant renal artery is taken in the same manner as the renal artery that we identified earlier on. Step 6. Dissect and divide the ureter. We then go back to where we placed a clip on the ureter earlier. We need to dissect the ureter all the way from the renal pelvis down towards the patient's pelvis and take it away along with that cuff of bladder that we dissected at the beginning. One hand is used to provide traction on the ureter, doing so carefully so as not to tear it. And the other hand, an instrument, is used to dissect structures away from the ureter. As we get further into the pelvis, hands are changed over and the dissection is continued. We then find that the VUJ, along with the cuff of bladder that we've dissected, will come free. 
You can see the clip there that we placed earlier. The defect in the bladder is then patched with some Surgicel and a catheter will be left inside the bladder in order to aid healing of this defect. Step 7, specimen delivery. An endo bag is used for this. This prevents port site metastasis and complete removal of the specimen. It's placed in the left iliac fossa port. Once inside the abdomen, the bag is opened up. Just prior to this, the kidney will have been dissected away from the lateral wall. This is done at the very end so that the kidney doesn't fall into your working space when you're dissecting the hilum and the ureter. The bag's opened up inside the abdomen and the kidney is placed inside the bag, being careful not to trap the tip of the spleen inside it. The bag's then closed inside the abdomen and an 8cm incision is made next to this port. This incision is low in the abdomen and it only crosses one dermatome. This makes it much less painful for the patient and it shouldn't impede their respiration, reducing post-optive complications. It sometimes takes a bit of gentle persuasion, but the specimen inside the bag will come throughout this incision. Reviewing over the specimen, here's the posterior surface, then the anterior surface and the hilum of the kidney with the tumour just superiorly to it. We can see the clips are still in situ that were placed on the hilum of the kidney in the vessels earlier on. The ureter here is vermiculating nicely, which is used to identify it. Thank you very much for taking the time to watch this podcast. We hope you enjoy more urology podcasts here on the School of Surgery.